Hello there. Welcome to A Weekly Word. Uh, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton. I'm from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio. Thanks for taking a little bit of time to be with me as we take a little bit of time going through uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, talking about different aspects of it and how we can use that to, to share our faith with our children or, or with other people who have read the book like we have. Um, or if you haven't yet, I certainly invite you to take it up and read it uh, or get a good audio version from the library. Um, it is a wonderful story and definitely worth the time uh, to, to read or to listen to. I want to remind you that from the very beginning, Narnia has been a land where it is always winter but never Christmas. Last week, we talked about Father Christmas getting in, and we talked a little bit about Christmas as part of uh, that episode. As the story continues, Narnia uh, is beginning to thaw. And Lewis spends a, a bit of time talking about what the children experience, even Edmund, as who he's still kind of marching along with the witch, the things that he's observing, but the things that the children in general are observing and the, the, the whole way that spring comes into the world in this just beautiful, beautiful way. Um, and there's a period of time in the story where it's still pretty much winterish, but you can tell that the spell is breaking, that that spring is coming, even though it's not there yet. And there's, there's actually a very important parallel to that in the Christian life. Or maybe I should say that is a very important parallel to a, a part of the Christian life. And that is that we live in a time in the world that we might, we might refer to as now, not yet. Kind, kind of like it's winter, but it's becoming spring in the book. Um, we live in a time where we are forgiven and, and holy saints, but we still sin. And we look forward to the day when Jesus comes back and our salvation is completed and we no longer sin, but we live in the resurrection and the everlasting glory that has already been given to us now, even though we don't always see it very clearly now. There's a tension there. And, and we do call it the, the now not yet of, of Christ's salvation. Now, as the, the children are going through, they realize that uh, uh, the witch is losing her grip. And that's an important part of, of our life in this world, is recognizing that the devil and the world and our own sinful nature, they do not have the grip on us that they once had. Yeah, we're still prone to sin. Yeah, our, 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 our wills are bound, but we've also been set free. And we live in that tension all the time. And so we should avoid the idea that, that the winter of sin and death are, are completely done away with until Jesus returns. And yet, and yet, death has been defeated. And, and we live in this victory that we can't completely grasp yet. We proclaim a real life victory in the face of, well, death. Uh, every 
funeral that I do, I talk about the resurrection and I talk about how the person who is in the casket is actually still alive with Jesus. And looking forward to that moment of the resurrection and restoration to her body or his body. And I think of the passage in John chapter 1, it's, it's verse 5, where Jesus, or excuse me, John says that the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. The light of the gospel continues to shine. The light that is Jesus Christ shines in this world, driving back the darkness, and that light is in us. And the darkness has not, some argue that should be translated, cannot uh, overcome it. And we, we experience a little bit of this mystery of living in a world where we continue to experience evil, we continue to experience what certainly feels like defeat in light of a victory that has been promised to us and a victory that has been declared and won through Jesus' death and resurrection. And I think that this is part of what part of what, what we're dealing with when the Beavers talk about Aslan and they say that he's not safe, but he's good. You know, we have an important lesson here. As we wait in this world, we're going to experience dangers. And sometimes we blame God for the dangers that, that we experience and the troubles that we have in our, our lives. And the truth is that sometimes God allows those things, he uses those things, maybe even sends those things for the sake of his kingdom and even for our benefit. And sometimes sometimes we don't recognize that. Sometimes we don't understand that. And there's a mystery there that, that's hard to wrap our minds around. And so it's important for us when we deal with the one true God to have this idea that, that God is good and he is doing good in our lives and that, that he actually even takes the evils of this world and uses them for the good of his people. You know, we need to notice how, how God is not always safe. He doesn't do the things that we think that he should. He operates in a different way than, than we expect him to. But we can trust and believe that he's good. And that gives us comfort when we experience the, the, the turmoil and the conflict of this life. And we need to recognize this isn't new. It isn't something that you know, only we realized here in these modern times. The psalmists wrestle with this all the time. You know, I don't understand what's going on around me. Why do the wicked prosper? Why do the righteous suffer? All of these kinds of things. It's not always easy to live with these things. We're going to find ourselves confronted with danger in this life, but we can still trust God's good and gracious will for us. In fact, Romans 8.28 tells us that God works all things to the good of those who, who love Him him and seek to keep his commands. So we're in a long heritage of people who, who have wrestled with kind of this hidden God and the, the hidden will of God. And as we go through this life in this time of now, not yet, our lives are going to be marked by forgiveness and repentance. 
We're going to have the confidence that our sins are forgiven because Christ has proclaimed us to be forgiven. And yet in our lives, we're going to recognize this battle, this wrestling that continues to go on. And so we repent. We, we seek to lead our lives in such a way that we change the way that we think and we act and we try to conform to who God is in light of this forgiveness and salvation that he's given to us. You know, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is part of our lives as Christians. But it flows from the, the forgiveness and salvation Christ has won for us. Uh, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven has come. Grace and salvation have come to you. And, and now the, that working goes on in us as the, the Spirit calls, gathers, and enlightens us in a way that draws us into that kingdom and begins to change the way that we think and change the way that we act. And so, yeah, we recognize this forgiveness now, but we're still living in this tension where we repent and God works in us to lead us into repentance so that, that our lives display this forgiveness so others can see it. And in this time of now, not yet, uh, God sends messengers to proclaim his victory. Um, some of those messengers are called pastors or priests, and that's an important part of the work that I do, uh, along with a whole host of others. But this is, this is really the mission of the church, to be Christ's messengers, to share the good news that victory has been won, even when we're living in this this not yet time, the kingdom of God has come now. Salvation has come now for you and for, for your neighbors and your families and everyone who will believe that Jesus is the Christ who has come to, to save us from sin and death. And so this, you know, I think about what, what pastors do, because well, it's what I do, um, but this is really the key in, in the work that we do. We proclaim forgiveness and salvation through Jesus' death and resurrection. Our job is not so much that we're, we're fixing the world. Our job is that Christ has done what is necessary, that he has won the victory for us, and we bring that message. And that's the message that hopefully you're bringing to your families and to your neighbors as well, that Christ has won the victory, and now that has implications into our lives. So we go through this life living as both saint and sinner. And those two things, they're, they're always both true. But pastor, those things are, are opposite. Yes, they are. But they're still both true. We are saints, declared holy and forgiven for Christ's sake. And we're sinners. But we're forgiven sinners. And so we're going to live in the confidence of Christ's salvation we are completely saved, redeemed, holy saints in God's eyes. And yet we plainly see that we still sin and, and we, we wrestle with the temptations of the devil, the world, and even our own flesh. And this is the reality of the Christian life, that we have no confidence in ourselves. But our confidence is completely and totally in Christ as we live in a time that is now, but not yet. If you want to dig more into this, I'd really encourage you to look at Romans 7 and 8. Chew on, on what those chapters say. And uh, hey, thanks for being with me today. 
I hope this was a blessing to you. Uh, I know that sometimes living in this world of not yet can be a burden and it can be just a, a, such a challenge to keep our hope up. But remember that the kingdom of God has come. Salvation has come. The snow is melting. Uh, spring is coming. New life is already yours because of Jesus' death and resurrection. I hope you have a blessed day. And if this has been a blessing to you, please like it, share it, um, help other people to find it. Because if it's been a blessing to you, I, I assume it'll be a blessing to someone else. Mm -hmm.